Welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? A show where our host engages in a lively conversation with the guest. The guest chooses the topic and the host has no prior preparation or knowledge of the topic. Please note that the opinions expressed on this program are the opinions and views of the host and the guests and are not necessarily the same opinions and views of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studio. And now, here's your host, Chad Knight. Good evening and welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? I'm your host, Chad Knight, and let's get right into it tonight. So, welcome to my mind mare. Alright, first thing that uh, I'm going to talk about here, even though it's not really something that's hanging on my mind, it, it, it is something that uh, you're going to notice this week. This week in history, I'm going to change that, that part of it up just a little bit. Instead of doing three items, I'm just going to do a single item from the day of, that the podcast drops. So, as you all know, there's a three-week delay, because I told you last week. So... I, it's not a hard thing to do. I look at the calendar and I count out three weeks and I go, oh, that's the day it's going to drop on. So, um, this week, um, we're just doing one. So I will read, I will do larger pieces of history and I won't chop them up as much as I was before, but there's just going to be one. So hopefully that will, uh, that will uh, shorten that segment up. You guys can let me know what you think of it. Um, let me know, you know, does the car look nice? Does it drive nice? Does it handle nice? Or if you want me to go back to those three in a week, you know, how, see what you guys think of it, and then and then uh, let me know. Um, second thing, this is a this is a milestone episode. This is episode ten. So, did I think I'd get here? Yes, um, mostly because I have guests lined up for a while yet, but. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Um, it, it's one of those things, you know, it's, it's 10. Um, we average somewhere in the 20 to 25 listeners per episode. So if you like what you're listening to, and I'm guessing there's about 20 of you or so that do, share it with your friends. It's not hard to share a link. Um, when you're on there, just hit, hit the share button, share it out to Facebook, let people know about us. The more people we get listening, the more people that, um, we're more, we're more likely to get more guests to come on. Um, third thing, I have a lot of things in my Welcome to My Mind Mayor this week. Uh, the third thing is, as you all know, Evercon 2017 is coming up. We're about three months out at this point. Um, we have all our special guest info up. Uh, one of the new things we're adding is this year we will have Games on Demand. And what Games on Demand is, you go up to a table. They have several games you can choose from. First person that comes up in a two-hour slot gets to pick the game. Everybody sits down, you play with the DM. It's a literally a game on demand. You walk up, you pick the game, you sit down and you play the game. Um, it's something they do at Gen Con. Uh, it is something I believe they started doing at Gamehole Con last year. Um, so it's uh, something we're going to try. If you are a player or you want to be a game on demand uh, game master, just let us know. Uh, you can find us at, you know, www.evercon.org. Um, and then just a reminder, vendor registration is still open. Uh, volunteer registration is still open. And Game Master registration is still open. And when I say Game Master, it doesn't have to just be role-playing games. It can be board games. If you want to come out and set up and play, you know, four hours of Battleship, 
come on out, uh, go out there, click on the, uh, on the registration for Game Masters. If you put, um, time in for the weekend, you get some money back at the end of the weekend. We do that as kind of an incentive to get people out there and to run stuff. Um, and then of course, uh, badge, uh, purchasing pre-reg badges are open. So get out there, pre-reg your badge. Um, you know, that way we have a better idea of who's coming and to make sure we have enough things for everybody to do. All right. This week in history, of course, I get my info from history.com slash this week in history. And we are talking about October 21st, 1861, the Battle of Ball's Bluff. Now, I'll be a little honest on with this one. I'm, I'm searching through what's on there, and this one kind of made me chuckle just by the name of it. Um, it's also uh, a uh, it's also a Civil War story. I, I really uh, enjoy the Civil War history, so that kind of helped too. But here we go. On this day in 1861, Union troops suffer a devastating defeat in the second major engagement of the Civil War. The Battle of Ball's Bluff in Virginia produced the war's first martyr and led to the creation of a congressional committee to monitor the conduct of the war. After the Battle of Bull Run, Virginia, on July 21st, President Abraham Lincoln appointed General George McClellan to organize the defeated Federal Army of the Potomac. McClellan spent the fall assembling and training his force, but he was under pressure from Lincoln, the public, and Congress to take action against the Confederates, who were waiting just across the Potomac River. McClellan ordered General George McCall to make a reconnaissance across the river, and he instructed General Charles Stone to watch the nearby, nearby town of Leesburg, Virginia, while McCall's men were moving. Stone sent a detachment across the river on the night of October 20th, and the inexperienced soldiers reported seeing a rebel camp, which turned out to be shadows. Stone decided to move more men over until a force of 1,600 under the command of Colonel Edward Baker was poised for an attack the next morning. Baker was a close friend of Lincoln, and the president had named him named his second son after him. Baker placed his men in a dangerous position. They were there were they were in a clearing with their backs to the edge of a of Ball's Bluff, a hundred foot high cliff above the Potomac. They faced a wooded ridge that was rapidly filling with Southerners. The Confederates launched an attack that afternoon, and Baker's command was soon in trouble. Baker was killed, and many of his men jumped from the bluff to their deaths or scrambled down a narrow trail only to find their boats swamped in the river. Less than half made it back to the other side of the Potomac. The Union suffered 49 killed, 158 wounded, and 714 missing and captured, while the Confederates suffered 33 killed, 115 wounded, and 1 missing. Lincoln was stunned by the loss of his friend Baker, who became a northern martyr despite his ineptitude in conducting the battle. The political fallout was swift. Angry Republicans were highly suspicious of McClellan, a Democrat, and other generals. The Joint Committee on the Conduct of the War was formed in December of that year. This group was stacked with radical Republicans who favored tougher treatment to the South and slaveholders. The committee's first investigation was the disaster at Ball's Bluff and General Stone became the scapegoat. He was arrested for treason and soon after and jailed at, I'm sorry. He was arrested for treason soon after and jailed for six months. So, um, well, Rick, I'm going to pull you in on this one because you had said before, was this one of the, the viewing battles? Okay. 
which was during the Civil War, and especially in in the southern states, you would picnic and watch a battle. That's right. And uh, I don't think this one, just from the sounds of the way it was set up and where they were, I don't think this no, was actually, probably... I do remember reading about this one, and it wasn't one of that those ones just because of the setup. It wasn't like a, oh... You could see the armies approaching. You knew they were coming. Right. Let's plan a picnic. Right, right. It was actually more of a show the inaptitude of Of the North North at that point. Yeah. And obviously the fallout is, once again, as has shown throughout many military engagements in our history, the uh, public and uh, (laughs) the government eventually getting in where probably it's not the most helpful. Yeah, well, the government does seem to have a special ability for doing that kind of thing. All right, so you guys have heard Rick here. I've known Rick for a lot of years. At least 20. Yeah, at least, because I I think I probably met you in 94 when I started uh, school at UWMC. Kind of lost touch with you for a while. I had moved out of town. Um, come to find out, you had moved out of town to several different towns throughout that time. Actually, you went west, I went east. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, started, uh, started hanging out with you guys again, uh, what, three, four years ago now? And, uh, so I'm gonna have Rick tell us about himself and what he does in the real world. Uh, my guess, Rick, um, and this comes from the fact that um, on our Sunday walks before gaming, and I've talked about this before, we've talked several times about farming. So my guess was we were going to talk about farming, because I figured swimming was too easy. So why don't you go ahead, give us a rundown, tell us uh, who you are, what you do in the real world, and then give us our topic. Actually, I want to start with, that is a brilliant idea. I wish I had thought of that. Which one? Farming? Farming. <laughs> Okay, so I was wrong. So I'm 0-10. I have a perfect score. But I wish I had thought of that with all the ones I struggled with. But I'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. So I'm... I like to consider myself primarily a... I want to a stay-at-home dad. Unfortunately, due to circumstance, I've been forced into the work world. Okay. Last week, or two weeks ago, you talked with Michael... Yep. I actually work for him at the YMCA as his aquatics coordinator. Okay, so I guess I had that wrong. So Mike is actually the boss? Yes. Oh, see, I thought you were the boss. No, it's him. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I actually work for him as his assistant managing the day-to-day operations at the downtown YMCA in Wausau. Okay. And we're recording our podcast late tonight. Not that it matters to anybody out there listening, but because you had some... Some lifeguards that didn't show up well, or called in sick or car breakdown, car breakdown. Okay. So yeah, rather than leaving at seven o'clock, I left at nine. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what, what are we talking about tonight? So like I said, I like to consider myself as a primary caregiver to my children. Okay. From the time they were born, I quit work and I stayed at home with them. Okay. So... And I know you are very much into your children. Yeah. I I, I enjoy my children most of the time. (laughs) So I was actually thinking about the images and the issues that we face as fathers. Okay. Especially when you look at television media 
and yeah. even ad media and how fathers are portrayed. Yeah, usually mm-hmm. as bumbling idiots. That's exactly Ward Cleaver is no longer around. No, no. Um, you have, you have, um, I mean, when you say Ward Cleaver, I think of things like, you know, obviously that, um, oh, what's the show? Uh, the Cosby show. show. Bill, right. Bill, even though occasionally he would do something stupid, he was not portrayed as an idiot. Right. And then Mom you get did in, not have to come in to save. Right. And, you know, and now you get, especially in, in like, um, comic setups, mom is usually the smart one and dad has a hard time picking his own nose. Right. And I guess my kids are of age where my oldest one where we're starting to watch some of these Disney shows. Okay. And yeah, let, let's lay that out there. First of all. Rick's kids are a lot younger than mine. You're going to hear the name Emma twice because we each have an Emma. But my Emma is 16. Mine and, is 5. And his Emma is 5. My Melinda is uh, 15. And your son? Is 9. Is 9. Okay. So, and I'm blanking on his name right now. Ethan. Ethan. So, Ethan is 9. Emma is 5. Emma is 16. And Melinda is 15. So... We will talk about similar things, I think, but I think we'll have a slightly different outlook on the way we look at them at this point. Right. So, where did you want to start with this? Well, I wanted to start with, first off, if you, like we said, if you watch the media, and just dads are complete idiots. I mean, the one show that almost has a semi-competent father that I've noticed that is a, aimed at kids is Girl Meets World. Yeah, where uh, Corey... Mm-hmm. Um, kinda, yeah, kind of t- takes, but yet he makes mistakes and it's still his wife, Topanga, if those of you who watch it or know the old, right, Boy, Boy Meets World show, is still the hardcore come in, save everything. And you still roll your eyes at dad, though he does have some knowledge. Right. And, and it usually ends up, and, and the thing that they do now is if they want dad to be kind of that good guy, it always happens at the end of the episode and it's after mom has told him how big of an idiot he is that he realizes, oh, I could have handled this differently. And then becomes that font of knowledge or that that place, that that safety net, you know. Um, so if we take that idea and we take it into the live world, mm-hmm. you do see kids, they mimic what they see. Absolutely. And then not only that. As having been a stay-at-home dad, I got the comments, and I even have friends that aren't stay-at-home dads, but when they spend time with their kids, they'll go out and somebody will look at them and say, oh, dad is babysitting today. Oh, I hated that. I hated that. And, and you know, I got that too. I mean, when my girls were little, um, I worked a full-time job. I also owned a game store. And my kids hung out at the game store a lot. And, but there were times when I would be like, you know, they'd be like, are we going to game or are we going to do this tonight? And I'd say, no, I can't. I got, you know, I'm going to be home with my girls. Oh, you have to babysit? No, I'm at home being a dad. I always hated that implication that I'm only doing it because I have to. Right. And so like with me, they were with me all the time. Right. So I would go out into town and of course they're with me. Right. And I'd get the dad's babysitting. Oh, lucky kids, you get a day with dad. And my response would be like, they get every day with dad. Right, right, right. In your in your case, it was your wife at the time. 
She was the one that went out and, and worked and you took care of the kids, which was something my wife and I always kind of wanted to do. I always wanted to be the stay at home dad, but just because of finances and things like that, we were unable to do that. So, and just hitting the stay at home part, I looked up, there's 1.9 million stay at home dads Okay. in the United States, 16% of the stay at home parents. Okay. There's actually on Facebook, it's the stay at home dad network. All right. Which I find ironic is if you pronounce it SAHD comes out sad. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things out there that when you, when you put them into a, uh, a, uh, a thing like that spells sad, you know. Um, but it's not, again, it's, it's, they're promoting, you know, that. And I'm not saying. Now, how big of a group is that on Facebook? I don't, I did not really look at oh, okay. the full size, but it's actually, they have. Is it an active group? Yeah, they actually have national conventions and they actually try to set up where dads locally can try oh, okay. and meet. Okay, that's kind of a neat idea. So, also, kind of on that, and just some stuff that I dealt with, we're also kind of thrown out or not thought about. Okay. Dads who are taking care of kids. Not, I'm not just saying stay at home, but right. just in general. Such as, I still, whenever I go into a store or any place, I look to see where the changing tables are. Yeah, there is. there are still places out there where they're not in the men's room. Last summer, I was at the University of Minnesota, and there facility where they have their pools and everything. Okay. There were no changing tables in the men's areas. Okay. And, you know, that that's kind of odd. Um, even now, my girls were that little a long time ago, and it was really rare to see a changing table um, in a men's room. It was almost as odd to see, you know, what they call the family restroom. Right. Which is... Which is Something that's around, you see that a lot more now. And in a lot of cases, I've actually seen places where there's not a changing table in the men's or the women's restroom. It's in that family Family. restroom. Which works. Which, yeah, which is perfect. I went to one place and they had that. Okay. And I'm like, great, my kid needs a diaper change, I'll go in there. And I got stopped because that was also their breastfeeding room and there was a woman in there breastfeeding, so I could not go in there. Okay, I, you know... (laughs) Which I can understand, but it's kind of like... (laughs) It's like, well, then what do I do? My kid smells. (laughs) So the other fun one with that is, and I don't know if they've changed it, but I've been to a couple of those, their hometown shop goes. Okay. The small ones that they put in the smaller communities. And rather than putting, the men's actually has a changing table. Okay. But rather than putting them like in the handicap stall, they put them right next on the wall, right next to the urinals. So not a whole lot of forethought there. No. So, like, I'm changing my kid's diaper, and every time I adjusted my weight, it set off the automatic flush, and I got a wet foot. (laughs) I suppose. Uh, So now, I actually have a question for you. With having younger kids than I have, and with the new laws that are out there about, um, you know, using the restrooms that you identify your gender with, now, as a dad of little kids, how does that how do, does that impact the way you do things differently than you used to? Well, my kids are now of age that it doesn't they're a little out of it. My daughter is too well, she still thinks going in the women's bathroom is the wrong one to go to. 
Okay. Because I've always taken her in the... Right, And she's right. finally getting... Well, she's now at the age of like, oh, this is where I go. But I've never had... That really wasn't... Came about too new after my kids were already out of diapers. And okay. I always okay. take them into wherever. Now, I did have times where I walked up to stores and I'm like, I need to do this. I will be using the women's because I'm not going on whatever floor. Right, right. Will somebody make sure that it's clear? It's just what you went to. I also had the fun of, I had an old lady tell me my, I was holding my kid wrong. You were holding your kid wrong? Yeah. Did you, did you just have her like palmed by the forehead or something? No, I had, you know, cradled in my arm, but that was wrong. And she had no problem telling me that I'm holding my kid wrong. And I wonder, will somebody walk up and tell a mom if they're holding their kid wrong? You know, that's a good question because I could see that same lady seeing your wife holding the baby the same way and going, oh, that's fine. You know, and, and it is it, because it's a double standard, um, going both ways. Right. You know, um, but yeah, so, so then, um, so then I'm just kind of curious on your end, mm-hmm. when your girls were that young, if you took them on, if you had any oddball stuff or if you got I never really did. Um, my girls are really close in age. They are um, 19 months apart. So, I mean, thankfully, Emma got out of diapers real early. So I never had two in diapers, at least not during the day. Okay. You know. Um, so, and it wasn't, it wasn't um, a big deal. Uh, you know, I'd take them into the men's room and change them. And if, there wasn't a changing table. I was the dad who put them on the counter and changed them because kids wet, the kids, you know, dirty. You, they don't want, you don't want them to sit in it. I don't want to sit in it. You know, why would they? And so, I mean, I didn't, I never had anybody tell me, you know, I was doing something wrong or holding my kid wrong or anything like that. But, um, there were times I used to get looks <laughs> because, when we were first married, my wife worked second shift and I worked first shift. So that was easier to take care of the kids and that kind of stuff. Makes sense. So I would go places with the girls and they may not have been, you know, typical places. I'd take them to the game store, you know, and if I was running a game, I would put one of my kids on my lap and the, the baby was still in the, you know, the car carrier. So I'd put her down by my foot and I'd kind of rock her and I got weird looks, mm-hmm. but I never had anybody go. What are you doing with your kids here? You know, I, you know, I probably wasn't the best dad to the older kids. You know, you're shoving her full of candy because keeps her happy. Of course. <laughs> First thing you get her home and she doesn't want to sleep. I never quite figured that one out, but uh, <laughs> that was sarcasm people. Um, but yeah, no, I never ran into anything like that. Um, so that kind of leads me into my next part of the topic, okay. which is one of the other things that they talk about on the stay-at-home dads network, and I've seen other sites, dads don't necessarily do things wrong. We just do it different. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, like your topic there of the whole, you know, game store. Or yeah. Going, yeah, it's like not the traditional thing you're going to do with. Yeah, little, my wife's not going to do that. <laughs> no. So, I was kind of wondering, and there was a viral video for a while that it showed a dad using a vacuum cleaner, sucking up his daughter's hair into the hose, and then he had the ponytail thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So, again, not necessarily wrong, just completely different. Right. 
Yeah, and actually, I looked at it and went, God, I wish I would have thought of that when my kids were younger. Because, you know, they always wanted a ponytail or I got really good at braiding hair. And um, I don't remember where I was, but Emma must have been 14, 13, 14. And we were sitting somewhere and I just started braiding her hair. And somebody saw it and they were giving me a hard time about it. I'm like, I have two daughters. I now have two teenage daughters. I need to know how to braid hair. You know, um, I, I never got good at like the um, French braid, you know. the okay. I never quite figured out how that worked. But I could do a standard braid, you know, like nobody's business. Now, fortunately for me, my daughter right now has always just like real short cropped hair. Yeah, and that's the way my youngest one was for a so long time. I never really have, have yet to really learn how to do a good braid. Okay. I'm afraid the day will someday come. It will. Eventually, she'll say, Dad, I want to grow my hair. And actually, it's kind of funny. Emma never wanted to cut her hair, okay? And then within the last couple of years, she's probably taken 8, 10 inches off in overall length. And Molly, who used to always, she always wanted the pixie cut or the page boy, you know, the Dora type haircut. Right. She always wanted that. And I always wanted her to grow her hair because that's one thing about me that people will find. I'm kind of old fashioned that way. I think girls should have long hair and I don't give a rat's ass what guys hair look like, but I always feel like girls should have long hair. So Emma always had the long hair and I don't know if it was my influence because I never tried to tell them they had to have long hair, but Molly always wanted this, you know, short. And then about a year and a half ago, she said, I'm going to grow my hair and we had heard that before, and it would last six months, and then, you know, she'd cut it off. Well, she just cut off six inches, and it's still quite long, so. So, like, when I'm on my end, the, uh, my, I have a very active son. He's been very active, wanting to run all his life. And okay. And drive me nuts in the house. At the time, we lived in, he was like three years old, we lived in a small house out in the country, and... In the winter, if it was too cold, I would drive him to the closest Super Walmart. Oh, okay. Just so he could get some energy out. Right. And I'd give him a cart. And we would walk the outside loop of the store. Okay. And he would push the cart. And when that got too easy, as we would walk past, like, the Pepsi or Coke display, which there's always one on the end. Yeah. I'd yeah. grab a full case and I'd drop it in the cart and I'd make him push it just so it had the extra weight. <laughs> And then on the way back, just empty it back out and there you go. Tire them out. Or, you know, every once in a while, little kids, you get that explosive diaper where it's all the way up the back. Oh. You know, I actually kind of have a story about that. We were at the Wassa Center Mall and they have a family bathroom there. And Nikki had taken Molly, I probably shouldn't say this, but had taken Molly in there to change her. And had the diaper off, and she was just putting a new diaper on, and Molly sprayed the opposite wall. Ooh, that's impressive. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was something, all right. So Nikki gets her all cleaned up, right, and she comes out, and she's just like 60 shades of red. Just so embarrassing. I said, what happened? And she said, I got to go in the office and tell them that there's baby poo everywhere. I'm like, what do you mean? And I went, and I poked my head in there, and I'm like, Oh my God. 
So she goes into the office, right? And she tells the lady, she said, I'm really sorry, but my, you know, the baby's sick. She had diarrhea. And the lady goes, oh, that's okay. We'll take care of it. And as Nikki's leaving the office, the lady picks up the phone. She goes, um, yeah, we have a code two in the, in the family restroom. And Nikki walks out and she starts laughing. And I'm like, what's so funny? She's like, they have a code for that. Of course. (laughs) I'm like. Well, okay, so you don't have to feel so bad now because obviously it's happened before. Right. I know. Well, because I was a caregiver, my wife at the time, this stuff would freak her out because she just wasn't used to it. And it's just like, I remember my son had that issue and just like, oh, okay, no big deal. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like the old, there was a comedian he used to talk about, you know, how as a kid you would see the grossest or what you thought was the grossest stuff, you know, like. Ooh, the cat brought in a mouse, you know, ew, disgusting. You know, and mom would just pick it up and take care of it. And Jeff Fox really skit. Yeah, and she's like, and he's like, and, and then the toilet would blow up, and he's like, and, she, you know, everybody's like running for the hills, and mom's like singing in the rain as she's cleaning it up, and it's, and it's kind of true. Yeah. So, like, on one of the blow-ups, yeah, I didn't want to touch it. I took scissors to the clothes. And it was a hot day. I took my kid outside and hosed him off. Hosed him off. Hey, <laughs> I am not, not, I am, it's not bad. It's just different. different. That's right. We had another time where and I, I kind of laughed at myself for doing this. My son, we were, we were like two hours away from home. We're on our way back and he got sick with a diarrhea. Okay. So I was stopping every so often to change a diaper. Well, I was using disposables and one of the tags ripped off okay. taping it together and I just threw it back in. Well, about 15 minutes from home, I needed that diaper. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shoot. I looked around and yes, I had duct tape in my vehicle and I duct taped the diaper to my kid. That's better than that. That's better than where I thought you were going with that was where you're going to be like, I'm out of diapers. And I just wrapped them in my shirt. Because <laughs> I've seen that happen. I never did that, but I have seen that happen. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, and then another thing. Sometimes I had a telemarketer call. Oh, okay. They asked for the oldest female in the house. I gave it the phone to my four-year-old daughter. <laughs> and I bet you she loved it because she got to talk on the phone. That's exactly right. I have no clue if I ordered anything. Nothing showed up. But. Well, there you go. <laughs> hey, you want to talk to the oldest female? Here she is. Yep. Yeah. I always love it when, and this will still happen. They'll call my cell phone and I'll answer and they'll be like, is your mom home? And I always go, no. And they're like, well, and then they'll try to like, you know, they're like, is your dad home? And I'm like, I'm 40. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I know I don't have the deepest voice in the world, but I don't sound like a kid, I don't think. I think last time I got that, I did the, uh, well, they might be, but they live two hours away from me. There you go. I've never thought of that one. I should do that. She might be, but uh, you want her number? Because she doesn't live here. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of, there's the oddball stuff that just come up that it's just like, you, you go with what's logical, and it's not always... Right, and and it may not be the way that a woman would go about solving the same problem. But again, like like we've been saying, it's, it's not bad, it's just different. Yeah. 
right after my son was born, I got asked to coach a swim team. Okay. And I was promised that there would be babysitting on site. All right. So I was like, great, I'll go coach. I got there and they go, oh, babysitting closed an hour ago. You are, your kid's going to have to stay with you. You're like, uh-huh. So yeah. So I got one of those carrier things and I strapped him to my chest. Oh, okay. And I'm sweating and I'm like raising my arms and he, of course, is against me and he's kicking and raising right. his arms, flinging him around, having yeah, fun too. Yeah, because he's having fun and not being comfortable either because he's probably sweating just as bad. So yeah, and it's just like, so it's like I can't believe you're, I'm like, well, not a big deal. Right, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, unfortunately, too many dads especially see kids as an inconvenience over being something that you should nurture and take care of and be a part of their life you know you go back a generation to and i don't know i don't know how your dad was but my dad was very much that old ideal you know i go out i earn the money you stay home you take care of the kids kind of thing you know and he he wasn't super involved in our lives. Um, so when I started having kids, I said, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't want to be the dad who's just there as the ATM, you know? Right. So, and it, and it's hard sometimes because there's, there's at least for me, I always felt like there was a part of me that thought, well, that would be so much easier than being involved, you know? But it's like, well, my father with me was not as involved just because of job and times and stuff. But then as my siblings behind me, yeah, he became more involved with them. Later on when I was older, yeah, then he started doing more with me. But right. at that time, now the type of person you're describing is my grandfather. It was like, this is it. And right, yeah. My job as father is to bring home money so you can eat. Right. And everything else is done by mom. So I do find it ironic that my father now is babysitting and taking care of my niece or, if need be, my kids. Okay. And he'll t take them. Now, he's not the best for asking for bedtime. Right. But if it's activities during the day, hey, grandpa's a cool guy to hang out with. Okay. Okay. So that's, and that's, and that's neat. And, you know, there hasn't been a lot of involvement from my dad with my girls either, which is, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but the girls have come to the understanding that, you know, it's not that grandpa doesn't love them. It's just grandpa's grandpa, you know, but on the flip side, my wife's parents are very much involved with our kids. And so they, they do get some of that, you know, and, and just Nikki's parents were, you know, quite involved with her and her brother when they were growing up and stuff too. So it's been kind of a mesh of things because the way I was raised and the way Nikki was raised, different worlds, you know, and we've kind of meshed out our own little plan and plan and method and program of the way we do things. And it seems to work pretty well. I mean, you've met my kids. They're, they're decent kids. Yeah. So, um, you know, no, I just, I guess they do. The kids are great. And it's just, it's fun to see how things work out. Yeah. So the next part I have, and 
another one, just just kind of a fun thing. Okay. Kids are great for killing our egos. Oh, yes. Or giving us stories that it's just kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my kid just did this. And there's some things that I know, just because I put all sorts of stuff on Facebook that my kids do. Right, yeah. I've had some people, especially moms, say, I can't believe you post this stuff. I would be way too embarrassed. And as for me, I'm like, yeah, what the heck? It's, yeah. it's I'm going to tell the story on Sunday anyway. Right. <laughs> my goal is to remember this stuff so I can embarrass my kids with it later on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I think that's a difference, again, between men and women. Women, when they get embarrassed, they don't want anybody to know about it. A guy's like, everybody's going to find out anyway, so I'm just going to beat somebody to the punch. So, a quick one for me. I have taught swim lessons for 25 years. Okay. So, my son... I once swam 25 yards. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So, my son, when he was five, so after 20 years of coaching and teaching swim lessons, we were in a facility, we were living in a community that had a pool and offered swim lessons. And my son looks at me and I'd been working with him. He goes, dad, will you sign me up for swim lessons so I can learn from a real teacher? (laughs) Talk about ego kill. It's like, there it goes. You're like, but I'm a real swim teacher. (laughs) No, you're dad. You know, and you hear that story too, a lot of times from famous men. They'll be like, my kid wanted to meet so-and-so because they were a real actor. And you're like, I've done 20 movies, but you're dead. I so, know, you don't count. Or my daughter, uh, Emma, who one day I'm like, Emma, get your pajamas on. Emma, get your pajamas on. Emma, get your pajamas Emma, what did I say? You say a lot of things, so I just choose not to listen to you. <laughs> And she's five? Yeah, this is when she's like four. You're gonna you're gonna have your hands full someday with that one. <laughs> I'm just using you as a, a benchmark for ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to that, my girls don't believe in pajamas. Um we used to fight with them all the time. They didn't want to get in pajamas. So we tried everything. We bought pretty pajamas, we bought animal pajamas, we bought, you know, footy pajamas, whatever. And both of them now, they, they sleep in their clothes. I don't get it. Um, sometimes we still have to argue about, you know, you slept in those. You can't wear those to school. Why not? Because you slept in them, you know. <laughs> but for the most part, they've gotten over that part of it, too. But it's just like. And so finally, we're just like, you know what? They're going to sleep in their clothes. I'm going to stop spending money on pajamas. Makes sense. <laughs> you know. So yeah, just kind of, this is for this little section, just kind of think of things that your kids have done to embarrass you or just kind of get you, you know, like, oh my gosh, like these new phones, smartphones. Okay. Yeah. I'm still, this whole technology thing is as I'm a dinosaur on some things. Yeah. You just recently got a smartphone. I just recently got a smartphone. So I had it, and we went to a restaurant, and I put it down on the table, and I had to go get something for, I think it was a drink for Emma. And I looked at my son, and I go, don't touch the phone. Not knowing that there's a voice activation system, 
<laughs> I came back and he had a video going and stuff. I'm like, what is this? I never touched your phone, Dad. <laughs> and and the sad part is, is as a parent, that almost makes you a little proud that you told him, don't touch it. But he already knew that he could just talk to it, you know, and yet you, you have to play the dad and go, okay, you're circumventing rules <laughs> in a way that still are not what you were told. You knew what I meant when I told you this, but you kind of just kind of sidestepped and you can't tell the kid that you're proud of him because they thought of something you didn't. That's right. And you can't get mad at them really because they did exactly what they told them, what you told them. And another one is, I asked my son Ethan, I've been bound him to clean his room. Okay. Finally, it's like you are cleaning your room, or I'm coming in with a garbage bag. So he started cleaning his room, and after a little while, he came up, Dad, I was cleaning my desk, and I picked up some papers, and there was green stuff on the bottom of it. I'm like, oh no. Can we make a slide and look at it? <laughs> I'm like, perfect. Science project. <laughs> so he had a little mold on the under some, some stuff. A little mold would be an understatement. Oh, okay. <laughs> he had some orange juice and stuff that he had spilled on his desk and oh, he had just thrown some paper on it. Yeah. Out of out of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because I found the container underneath the desk. Well, there was at one point, um, Emma, or Molly, I'm sorry. Molly likes to take food into her room, you know. Okay. And we would argue with her, and, and then finally we said, okay, you know what? You can take food in there, but you got to bring dishes out. Well, then after a couple of weeks, all of a sudden, we don't have any forks. You know, there's like two glasses on the counter. There's like one plate, and we're like, where are all the dishes? And so Molly goes, well, I think I got a couple in my room. We literally took a laundry basket full of dirty dishes and glasses and bowls and stuff out of her bedroom. And it was at that point that we said, no, you can no longer eat in your bedroom. And then it was, well, you know, now, of course, she eats in her bedroom again. But now we poke our head in there every couple of days and we're like, it all has to be out of here by tonight or, you you know, you get it taken away for a week or whatever. And she's usually pretty good about it that way. But it was just like. I mean, a laundry basket full of stuff. And it's just like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, and, well, another one. My Emma. Okay. She picks up songs really easily. She's a very musically, learns very quick music. Okay. One day we're, I like listening to a station that plays primarily 70s and 80s music. Okay. Like a classic rock station? Like a classic rock. I don't okay. want to call it classic rock because I don't want to say that I'm old yet. Yeah, well, I listen to that same classic rock station most likely, so. <laughs> and we got, and I'm hearing her humming, and it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. I get her to school. Okay. She walks in, and she's humming, and her teacher walks up, and she's like, hi, Emma. And Emma immediately starts singing another brick in the wall to her teacher. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right on the we don't need no education. <laughs> was that a was that a call or a letter home? <laughs> I was uh, in the room at the time. And okay. <laughs> and the teacher's looking at you like, um. Yeah, she's like, 
Oh, I wonder what song we heard on the drive-in today. <laughs> yeah, it's a good song. You, I mean, you can't blame her for taste in music. That's that's some oh. good music right there. <laughs> and so yeah, it's you know, just there's wonderful things that kids do just to you know make a to mess with you. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to as they age. Some of the stuff, you know, maybe the the light clicking on on some things and not happening anymore, but I'm also scared of what other light's going to click on or off. I will tell you one thing that I have learned about children is common sense is not common at all. <laughs> My girls, they're both very smart, but you put them in a real-life situation and they forget how to talk. You know, it's just like... The common sense, the, the ability to look at something and go, well, that would be a stupid idea, or, hey, that makes sense, we should do it this way, it doesn't exist. Great. And my biggest thing late, unless last year, was t- trying to teach my kids to turn off electricity, and so my daughter, to turn off electricity, turned off the refrigerator on me. Ooh. No, Molly has been one, she, she never likes to turn things off, so every morning when we're getting ready to leave and stuff... I still walk down to that end of the house and I go into both bedrooms and I turn off closet lights and, you know, Emma has gotten to the point now where I'll stick my head in there, but I hardly ever have to turn anything off. Molly, on the other hand, her closet light is on, her overhead light is on, the the uh, little heater she has in the corner is still going and it's just like, we, you know, it's like, I, I might be rich if I could learn how to get all the lights turned off, but... <laughs> I don't have that issue with my son, fortunately, but he, he, he's a reader. Okay. Or he likes doing models. Okay. So we'll put him in bed and he tries to figure out how he can sneak on a light mm. so he can keep doing that. And at nine years old, he still needs his sleep. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we've gotten, I've gotten to the point where it's like, if I catch him, I'm taking his light. Right. He's now gotten to the point that. Every once in a while, he'll come out of his room and he'll just hand his light bulb to me. Because he knows he needs to go to sleep, but he just can't (laughs) put the book down? Yeah, Yeah, we went through, um, Emma's a big reader. Molly reads a lot too, but she's never been one that was like, you know, covers over her head with her light on, you know, kind of thing. Emma used to do that. She would, she would pull the cover up over her head, you know, and put on a flashlight. Well, you know, as a parent, you poke your head in there. You can see there's a flashlight on underneath the, (laughs) underneath the covers. And so, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd take the flashlight away and make her put the book down and stuff. But, you know, part of you goes, my God, do I really want to do that? She actually enjoys reading. Right. I know when we my kid, my son was in kindergarten, he was already reading. And it's like he wanted to keep reading. Well, one day I walk in. I'm like, Ethan, you need to go to sleep. Turn your light off. How did you know my light was on? Well, I saw it coming through the door underneath. Okay. Well, a couple nights later, I thought I heard him reading, but I didn't see any light. So he blocked the bottom. He blocked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, actually, that's that's pretty smart. So, like we talked about earlier, it's like, I'm very impressed you thought of that. But yet you have to be the parent and be like, you can't do this. Now, did you ever have a, a, a moment with your kids where, like, you would say something you don't want them to say and they picked it up? Now I know I know just from knowing you, you're not a big swearer, you know. 
I, on the other hand, am. And when Emma was maybe three, I dropped an F-bomb. And for a month, that's all we heard. And it wasn't like she was using it as a bad thing. She was using it to figure out voices. Because you would catch her sitting in the corner going, Fuck. 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 Fuck? You know, it just kind of like, she was working on how things sound. But you'd go to church on Sunday just going, just don't, not here. Just <laughs> don't say it here, you know? Um, no, I've, what's funny is because I say it so rarely. Mm-hmm. Now their mother has been known to drop, curse. curse. And then she's like, oh, don't. Yeah, so we'll work on it. it okay. Well, the moment you look at a kid and go, "Oh, don't say that," they're, they're gonna, gonna say, say it. it. That's right. <laughs> so what's funny is if I do ever say something, then I get the "Oh, Dad, you're not supposed to." Say. Like I'm getting disciplined for <laughs> your kids yelling at your dad <laughs> because it's like I'm like what? No, we talk about church. The only thing I ever had to deal with in church was I have a five year old daughter. That means the movie Frozen, obviously, at one point, was the most important thing in her oh, life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Do you know the hallelujahs in church sound exactly like the songs of Frozen? And any song can all of a sudden become... Really? Yeah, a Frozen... I, I watched Frozen <laughs> once, but I'm going to have to watch it again now and with that thought in the back of my head. <laughs> I th- yeah, it's like one day it's like we're singing the Alleluia, and all of a sudden my daughter's singing. Do you want to go? Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a snowman. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so yeah, no, I've yeah, like I said, I get they actually look at me when if I use just because I don't right curse right, and and where my kids when I curse it it doesn't even phase them anymore. Um, a couple, about a year ago, we finally got to the point where like, all right, you know what? We know you swear because their friends rat them out all the time, you know? And I always want to, and I always, always look at their friends and I'm like, and you don't? And they're like, well, but, um, well, um, I'm like, yeah, okay. So everybody swears. I mean, I was a teenager once and so we said to the girls, we're like, you know what? You know where and when. It's inappropriate to swear. So, you know, if you're going to swear, don't worry about it. You know, there's certain words I told them, I, you know, I don't want the the JC, the GD, you know, those kind of words. And I said, so, you know, let's not use those. And for the most part, every once in a while, Emma will let one of those slip. And I kind of look at her and she's just like, she rolls her eyes at me and she shakes her head. And I'm like. You know, I'm a lot more lenient than a lot of parents. I, I'm like, go ahead and swear. Just don't use these three words. Mm-hmm. And, and then you give me this, like, you're disgusted with me because I yelled at you because you said that. She goes, well, you say I'm sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I do. But that doesn't mean that I should or that it's, that it's okay, you know? So, like, on my end, because of my age and my kids, my... My daughter still, it's over her head. Right. It's just a word. My son understands the... The connotation. The connotation and everything. And now it's the... Because we'll watch something and 
somebody will use something. It's like, yeah. I'm like, and then try to explain how sometimes within the context mm-hmm. it is appropriate on, on certain words. Right, right. You know, and, and that's the thing is it, it's, a, it's a lot in how you use it too. Because, you know, you can look at somebody and be like, you're a real effer. That's not nice. But, you know, you can say other words in ways that aren't nice, and but then you can use them in ways where they accentuate what you're trying to get across. So, I don't know. That's kind of a tricky one, and I'm, I'm not trying to give anybody advice out there about whether or not they should allow their kids to swear, because as a parent, that's up to you. <laughs> but I, I'm just kind of explaining the way my mind thinks about it, but... I mean, that's basically a lot of where I was trying to go with this discussion. Okay. It was just, you know, one hit a little bit of the whole parent-dad side looking at things yeah, from yeah. just... And that's not something you see out there a lot, you know? Um, I don't know if you've seen them on, like, Facebook and stuff. They're always, like, memes like, you know, what if a mom made $11 an hour kind of, you know, as a stay-at-home mom? But you never see one about a dad doing the same thing you know like on my end now i'm trying to get back into the workforce fortunately michael was nice enough to with my background hire me into this position that he's given that i i'm working at but it's also a you know i'm applying for jobs like well you haven't really had a full-time job in (laughs) 10 years right right so it's now me i'm now on the opposite end of many of these than what the tradition right. is. Right. Oh, absolutely. My other favorite, I ordered par- some parenting magazines when we first had kids. Okay. I'm like, all right, Russ, just some ideas. Cool. Right. Yeah. And I would look at those. The one I thought would be more of a, you know, neutral gender right. from the issues that I saw. And like the third issue I got. After having your child, when will your cycle return to normal? It's like, really? You're like, <laughs> um, never? <laughs> My sleep cycle? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me know when that happens. <laughs> All right. So, well, thanks for coming in, man. Um, we're going to do a couple more things here, and we'll call it an evening. All right. So, um, email and such. Now, I said I hoped by episode 10 that I would have my first email. Well, I didn't get an email, but I did get a suggestion, and that suggestion um, came from our, our listener, Dawn, and her suggestion was to shorten up this week in history bit, which we tried this week. So I'm going to try this for a few weeks and see if anybody really has anything to say about it. If they say, no, I liked it when there was more stuff, or... Yeah, no, this was great. Just the one, the one item that's better, you know, a little more in depth than what you were doing. So we'll see how that goes. So I want to thank Dawn for uh, reaching out and and letting us know that uh, there is somebody out there listening. Um, but I am still waiting for that first email. So who's it going to be? Remember, my email is uh, whose podcast is it at gmail dot com, um, and. Uh, We'll have Al go ahead and put that in the description, or I'll write it in the description for this episode. Um, so let's get those emails in. Let's see them. Let's hear them. Um, and we'll move on from there. So now, next week, um, my guest for next week is going to be Al. He's going to be um, the first three-peat guest. 
Actually, he's the only multiple guest I've had, and I've explained why in the past. Um, Al is uh, is the guy who kind of edits everything and puts everything together so that when the package goes out, you guys have a nice little package to listen to. Um, and Al has all kinds of ideas. So um, he told me to be scared for next week. Um, so I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, I'm not going to make an official guess as to what Al is going to do or his idea is going to be next week. Why? You don't want to go for 11? No, because Al gets to hear this week's episode before we record next week's episode. So I'm going to guess at the beginning of the, um, episode. And, and then, then you'll go for 11. Then I'll go for 11. So. You got a perfect streak. I know it's it's kind of like being the fan of a I don't know a a, a Bucks fan. <laughs> All right, so to end out the show like we do every week, I have a quote that I uh, wrote down here. I'm gonna read the quote. You're gonna try to guess who said it, and then we'll go from there. So today's quote: I did the traditional thing with falling in love with words, reading books, and underlining lines I liked and words I didn't know. It was something I always did. And it's a famous person. I always use a famous person. Wow. It um, is kind of obscure. It is. And I'm going to admit, I have no clue. I would say, talking about trying to figure out words, almost seeing a person who liked using words, I could think would be uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Good guess, but... in. But, yeah, a little off. Um, wrong gender and, and wrong time period. Um, that was actually a, a, a statement from Carrie Fisher, who uh, turned 60 years old on October 21st. So, happy birthday, Princess Leia. And um, she actually hates it when people uh, recognize her as Princess Leia for some reason. Does she want to be recognized as her character from Blues Brothers? No, I, <laughs> you know, I just watched that movie not long ago and I'm like, and I had forgotten about that character and I was like, holy shit, that's Princess Leia. No, I guess it's because as she's gotten older, she seems to think that everybody thinks she should still look like Princess Leia. And I'm like, you know, in the last movie for a 50 some year old woman, she didn't look that bad. No. So anyway, that's where we're going to leave it tonight. And, uh. We will see you next week. Good night.